Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get to I'm like, glad your mom is uh, You said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three main segments. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek news of the past week. And then we go into the list, the books that we are looking forward to or not looking forward to, coming out uh, 11-16-11. And this week we have a brand new main topic that we're doing. It's our Oprah Book Club. Not actually affiliated with (laughs) Oprah's Book Club, but we are calling it that. (laughs) This might get us some hits. It might get us sued. Hey, either Either way, way, publicity. That's intention. Hey, we'll still have money for beer. Yeah, no matter what. But, hey. Because I've given up eating to my beer some of the weeks. I like beer. In fact, we've got a ton of different stuff we're drinking tonight. I don't know if this is all for the podcast or we're just going to be sitting around drinking, but I'm okay with it either way. I like it either way Mm -hmm. as well. Well, first of all, um, what we're actually doing for the show is the uh, Guinness Extra, or Foreign Extra. Um, I had never even heard of this before, like, until you pointed it out. Um, This is a different kind of Guinness brew. I've never seen it in stores before, like except for this past weekend when we grabbed it. Um, doing a little bit of different extra stuff with the Guinness nowadays. Um, I heard about this when I actually did the tour at um, in Ireland of the Guinness Brewery, and it's not something that has been sent to the U.S. Um, until recently. And I actually, when it first came out, probably over the summer... I was like, oh, hey, I remember hearing about that at the, the Guinness Museum. And I've never gotten around to drinking it. And then they also brought out the Black Lager, which just came out um, just a little bit ago. Yeah, yeah. a few weeks. Um, but you have, it's kind of a little drier than your regular Guinness, a little more bitter. Um, I think it really needs to be, you need to drink it warm. It needs to be a lot warmer. This is ice cold. And I think if it warms up, you're going to get, um, you're just going to, it's going to be a little more subtle. I don't know. I, I like it as it is. I like that kind of like the little bite it has to it. It's got that hoppiness. I tried the black lager last night. Unfortunately, it just reminded me of Guinness, except a little bit hoppier. I don't know. I, I really like this one a lot. This is something I would probably drink over a regular Guinness. Wow. See, I don't, I think if there was nothing else no. at a bar, I might get it. But um, I mean, it's seven point five percent alcohol. Like it's a, it's a big boy. Paul, you're shaking your head saying I, no, no. It no. is so syrupy. It is so. It, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is cough syrup. When I first put it, just the texture of it, the uh, viscosity, viscosity, viscosity. Thank you. Um, I don't know, but it, it drinks like just, a regular Guinness. It has that like just that depth to it. It doesn't like, have it has that, that smoothness. Yeah, it doesn't have. But it has that heavy feeling. Um, and if you put it, just hold it in your mouth for a little bit, you get a little bit of that teriyaki taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get a little bit of that. Um, but I think I'm going to save mine and let it warm up, maybe put it in a pint glass and try it a little later. I dig yeah. it. I like this one a lot. Yeah, I'm drinking this. Yeah, I'm, it's a pass for me. I do not like, as Scott would, producer Scott would say, do not like. Do, do not, not like. like. Do not like. Do not like. Well, you know what I like? <gasps> what? The Weekend Geek. 
Hey. You know what I don't like? What don't you like? Needing to reset my pa- all my passwords for every site again. Why? What happened? Steam got hacked. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I don't use credit, Steam, though, so... Doesn't credit card really information. Fun. Luckily, uh, the only credit card information I've mm. put into Steam has been, like, a, one of those gift card... Credit card information, so where it only gets something. So I feel like I'm pretty safe, but I'm then I'm like, man, I've had Steam for so long. Have I ever put in? Well, they should be expired by now, right? You know, it's that kind of moment. So it's like, well, if they have my password for that, did I use that password for any other website? And I don't remember because it's automatically saved. So I have not typed in my password to Steam in so long. So now I have to go through and just update all my passwords. That stinks. I use the same password for everything. You should not do that. Uh, it's easier that way. You should definitely not do that. that I have, I have definitely two wrong. passwords, and the one I always use a variation of. Well, using a variation of is okay most of the time, but man, I have a horrible memory. Yeah, so me I too. need the same passwords, and a lot of times when I do that variation, I'm like, oh no, wait. Nope, that wasn't it. Uh, I got locked out. I got to wait. <laughs> and, and seriously, if like for some reason I do get hacked, I don't have anything worth hacking. Like that's I don't thing. have any money. It's like uh, yeah, neither do I. It's like someone gonna want to read my emails, where it's like, oh, basically he got the thing saying, oh, your Geico bill is due. <laughs> like is that is that what they want? Well, is then they what? get your Geico, you know, uh, what user? Not username, but. Uh, policy number, mm. and then they call them that you had an accident with them and tried to file a false claim against you. Could do that. They have your information. They would also then be, or also call up about your car, and then try to, you know, <clears throat> use that uh, VIN ID to take out insurance on their other car. That's not going to work. I, I don't have that much coverage. Right. <laughs> but, you know, use that and say that they're registering it and try to, you know, I still think I think things. I think at some There's, point with that lot, yeah. like on that line, they just call Chris or yeah. Chris would be able to find that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd hope so. Especially when like my car insurance goes up, so they're like, uh, "No, I only have the one vehicle." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not in an accident. <laughs> so I've never been in an accident. It's good driving. Yeah. I've been in cars when they've been hit, but never my fault. I've never been in a car accident driving either. It's only happened while I'm in the work in the in my car gets hit while in the parking lot. Parked. Parts. Paul's car is famous. Yes. It's got a famous car. Famous car. Not a famous it's like the Ecto one. It's not Kit either. No. Or the Spirit of Manhattan, as they called it in That wasn't a Burnout Paradise because they couldn't get the licensing. Yeah, they probably just didn't want to pay money for yeah. it too. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. fast car. It's a pretty cool car. But I'll tell you what's not a cool car. It has nothing to do with anything. That was a horrible segue. <laughs> you want an actual segue? Grand Turismo 5 got a uh, update. So their first update making it a better game, they say. Oh. Yeah. I don't okay. care about Grand Turismo, really. Well, I don't what know. do you care about? Uh, I care about Frank Miller and the fact that I hope he eats a bag of dicks and dies. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh,. That's a punishment for all those involved. The yeah. people that had their dicks the tenth, in the bag. The tenth circle of hell is <laughs> those who eat dicks <laughs> and die. A lot of people know that. <laughs> um, no, this is a story that was brought to my attention from Ethan over at uh, Red Phone Zone. Um, 
Because I, I saw this and I just kind of scrolled past it because it was about the Occupy movement and it's like, okay, whatever. I understand what they're doing. I don't care. It's not going to actually do anything. But Frank Miller came out and called everyone that's partaking in the Occupy movement a bunch of louts, thieves, and rapists. Wow. Which is like, what? Frank Miller, I have no respect for him. He's becoming a shitty writer over time. And he's one of those guys now, much like Alan Moore and a fucking artist guy that I can't stand anymore. Uh, Alex, uh, Alex Ross. Ross. Whenever they open their mouth, it's starting to affect my thoughts on their work. Like, I just don't agree with them being dicks about anything. I just want to know, how many people did uh, Miller have to call till somebody was like, oh, we should run this story? He actually put it up on his blog. Oh, did he? And then it kind of got one from there. But there's like a bunch of other comic creators that are coming out and be like, um, remember this is the guy that stood up for creator rights and against the big, you know, comic companies and corporations? Mm. Remember that, Frank? Like, you, you were part of this. And then it's like people bring up like his earlier Batman stuff where Batman's sticking it to the fat cats. And it's like, <laughs> no, you ruined, like, ruined you this like 10 years ago, Frank, remember? Is he talking more about the people that are going down to the Occupy place that are like selling drugs? No, he's talking just... about like the actual like hippies and like. Yeah. But Chris, I think you got the story wrong. And he's equating it to uh, terrorism. No, but. Let's think of what was the name of his last book. Holy Terror. Right. Which was about terror, an extremist terrorist, right? It's about a superhero that's going around killing terrorists. Right. But uh, Batman, he's and he, kind of he, equated he, as during, a terrorist. During this, he admits to, like, I don't know anything about Islam, but I know it's bad. <laughs> um, and he's always written thieves and prostitutes as lead characters. Like, look at uh, uh, Sin City. He has a deep brown love for thieves, rapists, and... So you think he's using these as terms yes, of endearment? Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Chris. It's, he's I so think caught we, up in his uh, Frank Miller world. World. It's, it's just a Frank Miller world. It's uh, terribly upside down. You're, you're <laughs> equating your own rules on what he's okay. saying and so, not taking it from the Frank Miller point of view. Frank Miller has his own language, and <laughs> basically... Everyone else isn't familiar with it. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. You know what, Frank? I apologize for calling you a dick. No, he or maybe I don't. No, you no, no, no wait. No, I, it's a dick. <laughs> he would because he likes. At some point, somebody's going to come up to him and be like, "Chris Wright from Buffalo called you a dick." Oh, I should write him a thank you letter. <laughs> Dear cocksucker. <laughs> I'm the goddamn Frank Miller. Because that's what he would write, right? He, I think he does. Yeah. I just hate him. The passion. Well, it's okay to hate. Just I shouldn't say hate, but I severely dislike him. I don't think he should make any more movies. I don't think he should make any more comic books. Oh, he dropped off my radar with All Star Batman. Yeah, All Star yeah. Batman and Robin's Boy Wonder just was bad. It was so bad. I know it was funny to watch that train wreck, especially <laughs> the all yellow issue where Batman, because Green Lantern was coming after Batman, so he painted a house yellow and wore a yellow costume so he couldn't be touched by the Green Lantern. And he had, like, Robin serving them lemonade. Indeed, yeah. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous train wreck, 
but kind of funny because it was published. I, I, think, I, I think I, I like after issue two. I don't even I, know. I stopped after like three or four. It was whenever <laughs> whenever Superman saw on the milk carton that Robin was taking. I was like, this. I know that night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Batman's still in the car. There, yeah, and with Robin, well, Dick Grayson and. Superman in, Can- in Kansas yeah. is pouring himself a thing of milk and notices that he's up. And then it goes, the great. next the next thing is that back them back in the car. Yeah. Information <laughs> travels fast on the dairy highway. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but it was there. I was like, no. And then it took, like, what, two years to get the next issue? It was a while. I don't, I stopped caring. Like, no. it's ridiculous. They you mentioned this yellow issue, and I'm like... No, they never made any more after that. It stopped. I'm pretty sure that's the one that stopped it. I, I'm not actually sure. It was, I did not pay attention to it after like three or four. I had no problems with it. I'm a Batman fan. I love Jim Lee art. I just couldn't sit through that writing. And then it was like one of those things where I was like, no, you have to read it. No. Yeah, it's so it's bad it's good. It's like, no. Like, it's so I, bad it's bad. It's not Troll 2. It's not, it's not Troll 2, which is fantastic. Troll 2 is the cinematic equivalent of fried gold. <laughs> That's the best worst movie. It is the best worst movie. We watched yes. the documentary called Best Worst Movie about it, and it was and, great. And we love that too. But yeah. <clears throat> John, do you have anything? I don't. Paul, do you have anything else? Ooh, no, I don't think so, and I will remember it later. I have a I'm fun little bit myself. of news, and by fun I mean... This production's still just fucking doomed. Um, the sixth performer has gotten injured on the set of Spider-Man <laughs> Turn Out the Dark. Yes! Everyone, you may have forgotten about this, but for some reason, this show still exists. And people are still getting hurt on it. Um, the guy that plays Peter Parker in Spider-Man, Matthew James Thomas, suffered a hand injury. Backstage! <laughs> he wasn't even like doing anything yet. He just thought about him being in this show. I, and I, I really feel like he just hurt himself to get out of it because he's like, I can die doing this. He suffered a head injury. And then um, the performer who actually, he's the matinee Peter Parker. And the every other day Peter Parker stepped up to, to take over that role. I think we have an audio clip of him hurting himself uh, and causing this head injury. Why am I doing this show? It's stupid. <laughs> That was Paul punching the table. As if, you know, he was slamming his head. Well, uh, <laughs> the other thing is, is you, behind two, the curtain. you too is talking about breaking up. Because, this, because of this? Uh, I, don't, I, would. I, I think it's pretty much like, I don't know if we can make any more music. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm glad that I'm losing their face. <laughs> Sank $70 million into this production. And they just keep just... Forcing it, yeah, and everyone who goes see it is just like, it was really good until Spider Man got stuck in the ceiling for like an hour. <laughs> and it's it's the equivalent of going to like Disney World and being stuck on a ride for twenty minutes. Like God, stuck in, stuck in line, and then you finally get to the head of the line and they close it. Yeah, but if you're in the studio watching somebody stuck up there, it's kind of like watching two productions at once. You're know. getting, you know, your Spider Man, but you're also getting waiting for uh, waiting for Godot. And anyways, how much money did uh, Bono get from Apple to be the artist on all Apple products? 
Well, they had a U2 edition, like, iPod a few years ago, too. Still, the artist, that's Bono. That's Bono. <laughs> just saying. He, he probably had the 70 million just laying around. But, um... <laughs> that came out of his sunglasses, but he couldn't buy glasses <laughs> for a week. But Edge, I really need them! <laughs> <laughs> I imagine he has to ask Edge if it's okay for him to buy new glasses. And, and then Edge takes off his ski cap, takes some money out, and gives it to him. Puts <laughs> his ski cap back on. Hey, I know somebody that used to keep money in their ski cap. <laughs> and pens. Yes. Uh, That's Paul for those talking about, home. Talking about shows that uh, still may or may not be going on. Green Lantern 2. Jeff Johns has come out and said, no, no, we're definitely still thinking about maybe doing it. Kind of. I, I would see it. It would. I liked Greenland. It, it was a good superhero movie. I mean, this is basically a review of it again. It, it's not the best. It's not the worst. It's I, good. It was just, it didn't make money. It lost Nothing's making money. Yeah. Everything, like, comes out and is gone, like, right away in theaters these days. I'm pretty sure Captain America and both Thor broke even. And I know that uh, X... And in first class, actually made money because it was so you know, it was lower it was budget. So, yeah, it was so low budget. But, uh, um, that that had pretty good turnover. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, Green Lantern was more money than they should have spent. Do you know who made a lot of money? A poop ton of money. Who made a poop ton? Both Transformers Three and Harry Potter. Yeah, that's true. Those things and super. Well, the thing is, uh, Warner Brothers was banking on making these superhero movies their tentpole movies to replace the Harry Potter franchise. And when something underperforms, like Green Lantern did, it makes them have to rethink the whole concept. They say that they have a script for The Flash, and it's good, and they're going to go ahead with that, but they're looking at the script again for Green Lantern. It, it's such a crapshoot, though. I mean, you don't look know. at X-Men First Class. That movie was bad. I'm sorry. Like If you liked it, you're wrong. But, I mean, it might have had like a horrible script, but it made money. Mm-hmm. Like, you can have something with a great script, and it can just not work. I mean, how good was Super 8? And that movie didn't really do yeah. too much. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did as well. And that made money. It, it, um, it I think it just made a little yeah, bit more. Because they had a, a tiny budget. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted that movie to do so much better. We thought that movie was going to do so much better. It just didn't. No. And then, I mean, I just saw Paranormal 3, like... Paranormal Activity 3 a couple weeks ago, and I was like, this is so bad, but people are going to pay to see this. Why? And, and people paid in more than one way. I did. Yeah. That's not a good movie. Yeah. I figured I would have learned my lesson after the first two. No. I didn't. No, you Why would you? Uh, but Jeff Johns is not only saying that they're going to keep on looking at Green Lantern 2 as a possibility, but he's going to team up with Gary Frank... And do another... Oh, re- for Batman Earth 1. No! Wait, no, they talked about that like a year and a half ago, though. Right, right. That's coming out still, I think, as part of their, you know... We got Superman Earth 1 like a year ago. Right, and we're going to get the second one of that soon, too, from JMS. But uh, they're going to team up, and as part of the renumbering number ones, they're going to come out with a Shazam book. Shazam? Shazam, but I'm not Shazam. sure if they're going to call it Shazam... Well, they can't call it Captain Marvel, right? Could be Shazam, so, or the power of Shazam. Or the curse of Shazam, as I believe they're actually referring to it. But there's a whole interview up with Gary Frank uh, on like newsarama.com, and you can read it there. Uh, 
Shazam's been one of those characters, like, in The Power of Shazam. Really enjoyed that uh, miniseries. I've enjoyed them in JSA. Uh, but, as John will say, there's another character in that family that we enjoy more, right? I, I love Black Adam. Black Adam's up there is one of my favorite characters. From, favorite villains. Yeah, 52. 52. Yeah. Um, just, and um, even um, when he was in the Cabal, and he's just floating above everyone with his arms crossed, and somebody's like, can you sit down? You're, you know, it's, it's, you're bugging me. And he's like, no, I don't. I was always told not to yeah. be below the sheep or something like yeah, that. The gods, the gods have, to, you know, the wisdom of the gods always told me to stand above lesser men or something like that. Yeah, um, that's from uh, Villains United, that miniseries. Paul, have okay. you ever read the uh, Jeff Smith? Like, it's three or four issues. Yes, versus the Monster Society. Yeah. Yes. Did you enjoy that? Yes. Like, I've always liked Captain Marvel as a character, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed that book. I don't know if it was just. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff Smith's kind of cartoony way of looking at stuff, and just like how he conveys and motion. Kind of like he had it as a zoo, yeah. And stuff it, like it was fun. Like was I really fun. like that. That's probably been my favorite Shazam book that's ever come out. Like because I do get it confused with the other Johnny DC book that they came out with um, to Billy Batson and the Magic of Shazam. Yeah. I get those those two. Things. I never read that one, but it, it was, was pretty good. good. I read a few of those issues. Um, it's good. I think the the best way to write like a Shazam book is it always has to be the beginning for that character because the most interesting part is Billy getting those powers and dealing with it and becoming Shazam because once he's just Shazam once he's just Captain Marvel he's just Captain Marvel and most of the time you don't really see Billy it's just like on Justice League or uh, Justice, Justice Society Star. it's just Captain Marvel there with the group you know uh, but and then everyone... he's kind of like flirting with uh, Stargirl because he's the same age or actually a little younger than Stargirl, yeah. but nobody else knows that. And yeah. they kind of are like, dude, what you doing? You can't be hidden under like a 16-year-old. He's like, but, uh, oh, yeah, I guess not. You know, that, those little tongue-in-cheek moments, but I think the best the best way to have them is... He's had some great moments. That initial... That initial story. You like know, an that, obsidian age, he gets a T-ball coming out of his face, and Batman charges to recruit him, and he's like, nope, I can stay with my team. Yeah. Well, but, I understand but, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you know, but you have those little moments here or there brought mm-hmm. to you by a good writer, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just like those moments of him dealing with those powers right yeah. in the beginning. Like we saw in that uh, Batman, Super, or not Batman, Superman, Shazam, Superman, DC Direct movie. Yeah, that yeah, that was really. Yeah. I thought that was a great Billy Batson uh, slash Shazam story. I think Captain Marvel works best in like those short bursts, like Kingdom Come, like fantastic story. Yeah, but you don't see him at all until just like shit goes down. Yeah, and I think that's just when he works best. Yeah. But then again, I'm just not a big Captain Marvel fan. Like, I could be completely wrong, and someone could be, you know, saying, like, no, he's awesome. But that's just how I feel. Th- I'd, I'd, I'd rather see a book with Black Adam, you know? Like, I, yeah. if you can have an ongoing, it'd be more interesting to him, because he's not, ult- ultimately, he's not horrible of a guy. <clears throat> he's just a little... He's twisted with he his just, powers. And he just has like a different sense of like morals and superiority. Almost. Yeah. He's the Doctor Doom of the DC universe, especially with you know, having that country that he protects and it's the only peaceful country in that 
Middle East area, yeah. and in <clears throat> Doctor Doom's case, in Eastern Europe. You know, it, it just kind of works that way. Um, did you guys like the crazy interpretation that we got, like in uh, Flashpoint, where where it was split up with seven kids? I did like that. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting take on it. It was a great take on it. Um, Enough to carry a whole book, or just for that weird miniseries? Like Chris said, those little bursts. Yeah. They were, they were good. I wouldn't want to read a book of that, but in yeah. the pages of that you know, miniseries, I enjoyed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe get like a short miniseries like that, with mm-hmm. like all the different people, or just like great little miniseries, like of... Like how they did like books of magic, mm-hmm. like that story is not a great ongoing series. But once in a while, somebody comes up and goes, "Hey, I got a great idea for new books of uh, right. books of magic," and kind of does one. Hmm. I think that's great for Shazam when somebody's got a good story to tell about them versus trying to fill all the spaces between those good stories. All right, one more question because you know how much can we really talk about Shazam in a book that hasn't come out yet? <laughs> What's the color of the DC logo? There's different colors. Right. For for this book. What would you rather see? Oh. That's why I would be asking you guys okay. here. Can you I feel the, like the gold logo. Gold? For, yes. Just for, uh, just for like that. Justice League kind of. Yeah. Just like that kind of all. All encumbings and. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. Not it should dark. be. I, I want to see it dark. Yeah. I don't see I him wanna, in the dark. I, I, you know, I don't see... I want to see him with the wizard being the great protector of all the magics that are too powerful to fall into see, all everybody the, else's hands. All the magic stuff is falling into dark, but that's not who Captain Marvel is, though. He's not that dark character. Yeah. I don't see him, like, in the line with, you know, Swamp Thing, John Constantine. He's like the protector of the Rock of Ages, and, you know, therefore the seven... I, I can sins. see where you're coming from. But you can tell those stories in, in, in other in, books. In other in other books, because it doesn't need that. It doesn't need that dark because he's. It should be more. It should be more child. I mean, it should be more childlike because it's it's Billy. You know, it's mm-hmm. Billy. It's a little kid, and it should be a little kid looking out Girl. on the world as now as a superhero. Mm-hmm. I like it. I would like. I think Shazam needs a dark logo more than dark needs Billy. You know. Shazam, because they could tell those stories every place else. But I think the only time he'll be interesting is if he's talking those dark stories. Having a kid thrown into this weird, dark world. It's like Harry Potter being thrown in instead of going to Hogwarts first. Getting thrown right next to Voldemort and being like, whoop. I hope your skin burns some kid. I, I, um, I, I agree to some aspect. Mm-hmm. Those would be great stories, but what they would do with him... It, I, I think he needs to be that. Yeah, he needs to be in that. It needs to. It, it's gonna. It needs to be a book for little kids to get interested in superheroes because they try. Uh, I I feel like the DC Johnny line, Johnny DC line. They've had that book. Yeah, I feel like what you're looking for, Paul, has kind of already been done in books of magic, though, because right. that's what it is. It's a kid coming into this world where he finds out he has all of like yeah. these magic powers, and. Here's your, you know, your professors. You have John Constantine, like, Mr. Enigma, and, like, all these other, like, fucking, like, crazy, like, magicians from the DC universe. And it's like, no, like, this isn't, like, you know, Hogwarts. Like, it's like, there are things out there that are going to try to kill you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have have fun with it. Don't tell them your real name. 
Like, I, I feel like that was the book that you would want. Right, right. But I think that's what, that kind of book, and that's where I was kind of going, is let's throw Captain Billy Betts and Captain Marvel into that same situation and, like, see I how think, Lita you know what? I think with, with a... With All right, it's a new imagining of him. Mm-hmm. What supervillains does Captain Marvel have? Black Adam. Mm-hmm. You could do that. I, I, it would be a book that I'd be interested in reading. But what I think they would want to do with him would be more the yeah. bright pillar of a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know. But your your idea is good. It's what I would want to read. Yeah, it would be more interesting. And that's all I was asking. Like, what would you guys yeah. want to see from this book? And that's what I would like. Um, but unfortunately. We're not getting that book this week. Nope. Nope. But we are. Uh, what books are we getting? Wow, segues. Wow, segues. <laughs> that was a good segue, though. John, what book? Uh, I, I can't talk enough about this book, and it is uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, Scott Liddell and uh, Kenneth... Uh... Rockerford. Rockerford. And Blonde. This is in Blonde. <laughs> um, but it's Arsenal... Red Hood and Starfire continuing their saga, and uh, I've just really enjoyed this book. It's the breakout book that I was really surprised that I loved so much about. Oh, yeah. Do you do you feel like this threesome is enough, or do you want to see other characters added? In? I think it's enough. I don't. I, I don't think it needs to be bogged down. Maybe mm-hmm. once in a while somebody jumping in, mm-hmm. but I think just the the buddy kind of the buddy cop mm-hmm. between those two and then Starfire kind of sprinkled in mm-hmm. is enough. I do want to borrow these issues from you. It'll be fun. This is a fun book. I agree. What other book do you think is fun? Are you like Chris? Um, It's not a fun book, um, but it is uh, coming out from Image Comics, The Walking Dead number 91. My final issue of this book. Wow. Um, I say my final issue because it's still going to be published. But I, I'm not buying it anymore. Um, I've been buying this book since issue number seven came out. Mm-hmm. One of the comic books I've been buying the longest, uninterrupted in my entire uh, comic book buying career. Um, I like it. It's just not what I want to pick up monthly anymore. It's a book that whenever I pull it off the shelf or I find it in my like pull box, it's like, oh, cool, new Walking Dead. Then after I read all the books I'm excited about, it's like, oh, I have The Walking Dead. And I read it, and I'm like, oh, that was good. It was The Walking Dead. <laughs> then a month later, I'm like, oh, The Walking Dead. So are you saying it comes at you mindlessly? It lurches towards always, me, yes. And it's just slowly creeping up. Is it because, I mean, is it because it's almost the same kind of book all the time? It's... Just, I mean, they've done really good things with it. I don't want this to sound like, "Oh, this book sucks." Uh, um, Robert Kirkman does great job with this. Charlie Adler's still doing like great, just like black and white artwork. I think they're always taking it in an interesting place. Mm-hmm. It's just not at the top of my. Oh, I have to read this. I never get super pumped when it comes out. I'm I'm cutting down on my comic books. Mm-hmm. I just decided within the past week that I'm getting rid of half the issues that I have. Actually, more than half. Um, because I just don't have space mm-hmm. and kind of looking at what I'm buying now is like, is this something that I want to just keep buying to read it and have it? Or is this something like, Hey, that three bucks a month, 
I can put towards another book that I really like, get super excited for. I don't mind having it taking up room in my long boxes. You know, I, it's been a really good run. I really enjoy this book. I love it. But, I don't know, I just, the passion's not there anymore. Yeah. I feel like we've fallen into routine walking there. <laughs> Hey, and uh, I agree. There's a book coming out this week for me that I will not be picking up. And it's one of the major DC uh, NU big titles. It's Justice League. Wow. I read the first one and I, you know, we kind of reviewed it and I said, you know, it just felt like it was for brand new readers. It felt geared towards them. And then when I read issue two, there were moments in it and I'm like, this book is just not for me. Mm. It is not written for me, the fan of the DC characters that have that has been around for the past like ten years. You know, it's this is just not my book. It is not my Justice League, and I'm going to have to drop it. Maybe I'll pick it up if I hear it's got good again. Maybe after this first storyline where they're talking about the Justice League coming together, but it's just so kind of tongue and cheek, and no, because cheesecake usually represents girls and there hasn't been a girl yet you know cheesecake art but just cheesy with the flash coming in and twirling around superman and being on the phone with barry barry like this is the first meeting yet everybody kind of knows each other already it just doesn't seem to work for me and just like it's just kind of just thrown together and it's kind of a massive book it's not elegant in any way of them coming together it's Oh, Green Lantern, of course he knows the Flash, and he'll give him a call on the cell phone, and then there he is. It's kind of like, oh, well, this is just silly. They're fighting Superman. It's just not for me. It's yeah. Not. So I will not be picking up that book. Um, I'll probably spend the extra money on, uh, let's say, Batman with Scott Snyder. Nightwing comes out next week. Is that a book you're looking forward to? No, Chris. I, I'm looking forward to Batman written by Scott Snyder. <laughs> Nightwing comes out next week. Or this week. No, that would be a great book, but I would also look forward to Batman. Written, Kyle Higgins writes Nightwing. Written by Scott <laughs> Snyder. I know he doesn't have a co-writer of Stephen King. Paul's trying to segue it, and I'm fighting him tooth and nail. Because, like, well, hey, Paul, you're really looking forward to Scott Snyder's Batman? This yes! Week? Well, that's funny, because we all just sat down and read a Scott Snyder book in our Oprah (laughs) (laughs) Feels ridiculous saying that. With American Vampire. What? Nightwing's not in this book, though. It is funny. But Nightwing is now in Batman Arkham City. He is. He is. Challenge maps. (laughs) Bruce Wayne Manor. Uh, but before we get into that book, we have another beer to review. Yay! Um, this is one that I'm pretty sure we reviewed a year ago. Um, either we did it on the show or we drank it before the show. Chris and I both really liked it. And on the side of the bottle it said, drink now, drink now, or wait and save it for a year. And uh, 11-11-11 was the day that uh, it had been a year for this beer, so it's just a few days after that. It does not seem like a year ago, because I remember like us going out and like you buying this. No, we brought it home. Yeah, we, brought, was, yeah, we brought it home from the... It I, from I think Premier, I think, I think, had it. I don't remember. I think Scott bought it. 
don't know. I think he bought it. I don't remember. I think it was a year, a year ago. Um, but, uh, so we so have put a, a reminder in his phone. This is the old school. We're just lucky he didn't break his phone. <laughs> old school doc fi- or dogfish head. It looks like a C. It happens. Uh, dogfish head barley wine style ale. 15% alcohol, 12 fluid ounces, and uh, we have little snifters of this beer. Paul is not looking forward to it. Paul's got three beers in front of him. I finished my first one at Guinness already. I've been like smelling Paul, this ever Paul, since Sean poured it. Paul opened a beer before we even did the show because I was thinking I was going to sit down and play Nightwing for a while. <laughs> what you you turned it off? You're like I'm done. Well, because he died. Yeah, I died, and also Chris came out, and I'm like, oh, we so have we no problem sitting and watching yeah. you play. I that was weird. fine, Paul. We thought you just wanted to get like going on the show. Well, I felt like we should, so. Can always play more Batman afterwards. I yeah. might have you, to. You might have to because <laughs> there might be another beer to drink. Yeah, I also had be. a beer with my dinner today. So <laughs> before com- right before coming over, because I had Chipotle. That's too much information. The bar, the <laughs> listeners do not need to know. But so, so dogfish head, barley wine. The barley wine. It's got a nice barley wine. Scares me. Barley wine. It's 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 a big. It's a big. That pirate boy. Barley wine thing that we had. And also, what? Custom Brew Crafters also had a barley wine, right? Custom Brew Crafters is shit, though. It, it is shit. I mean, their barley but, wine was the uh, worst. Southern Tier, their barley wine is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have that harshness or that burn. I don't remember what our review of this was. I, I don't tried, really. I tried to find it, and I think it's one of our beers that we don't we, we drink later on in the show. And never mention. Or mention, but it's later on. In the yeah, show. We, we much like we're doing with this one right now. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, so I couldn't find it. I, I I was listening through some of our old shows trying to find it. Like John poured this out a while ago, so I've just been sitting here smelling it because I didn't want to drink it yet. It has like that really nice, just like the honey, like that mead kind of smell. Yeah, it does it. have that meat smell, but also a lot of alcohol on the nose. I'm a little afraid of rubbing alcohol. A lot of alcohol on the tongue too. Uh, like it has okay. that, just like that alcohol taste yeah. to it. I don't remember what we thought of this. I mean, it's been we a year. liked it, and that's I, I still like it. Um, it's very mellow. It's a it, it, it's a lot mellower than it probably was before. Yeah, it's not quite an alcohol burn. You do get the warmth, but I couldn't say a burn. You do get a lot of that sweetness, that honey flavor. It ha- has a lingering alcohol mm-hmm. taste to it too. It's not like the burn, but just that yeah, taste no. of it, like that ethanol kind of like feel in your mouth. And it, and, and I mean, it has like maybe kind of like a. What? You want to finish it, Paul? Or I will okay. finish it. Okay. Least. No, no. There's I still some finish. left in the bottle too. When I took oh, a, yeah. when, when I took it. a sniff, it just hit my nose. Yeah. My nose just weird. It kind of, I mean, it still has a little bit of a honey taste to it. I mean, it's not it's not bad. Having sit having sat on it for a year. I know, like it though. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's something special for us. Yeah, it's been a year since we had it. It's kind of something different. We've never done this before. Yeah. Like, went back to a beer that's. We've talked aged. about it, but yeah, yeah, this is one we've actually, the Bag and Board has uh, their first aged beer. First follow-through by the Bag and Board. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you every week. <laughs> Bag and Board cast. Uh, every week for the past... Remember weeks. We've gone longer weekly than Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark has gone without an accident though. <laughs> so cheers to us and we drink a lot Hey, what's your excuse Bono he's Irish Catholic he drinks a lot too maybe you should tone it down <laughs> and I can say that because my last name is an Irish name 
My wife asked me not to reveal my last name on the podcast. Anymore? <laughs> you can figure already, it out. I already know. I know. I don't know. I I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm like German and Irish. Like I'm programmed to drink. I'm English, Irish, German, and Scottish. Huh? Yeah, I got a little bit of Scottish. And a little bit of Native American. We love our fado water. <laughs> Yeah, he's not just like Native American. Oh, we love our fire water. It's a horrible Native American accent. It's Irish, Irish Indian. It's Irish, Irish Indian, huh? Oh, we look at the fire water. Yeah, I'm the racist one. I know. You just you just said it. I'm the racist one. John's slowly trying to creep up and take that from you. He's an Indian giver. Yeah, I went with it. I'm sorry. Don't mind. You know what I don't mind? American Vampire from Vertigo. And who's the writer? Scott Snyder, Paul? Yes. With, um, with Stephen King doing also, backup stories. Uh, Corinne, Stephen King handling the backups. Um, Raphael Albuquerque on art. We're both. I've really wanted to check this book out for a while. Um, as part of my Vertigo policy, though, I... By the trades, um, what? Wait, what was that, Paul? Paul just took a drink there was, there and then a, like there was a couple episodes ago, like probably about three months ago, where I'm like, yeah, but Vertigo, you normally just buy the trades, and Chris is like, no, I buy single issues of Vertigo all the time, and I'm like, yeah, but normally you say yeah, that your policy is just trade waiting. I do buy the like, trades for Vertigo. And you're like, no, Paul, I buy the single issues all the time, like Fables. And Jack of Fables, when that was I haven't bought Jack of Fables in a year, Paul. Your information is flawed, and I don't trust your source. <laughs> the source is it you! It's me! <laughs> um, no, you can look at my bookcase. I have I know, a I know. ton of Vertigo trades. Um, even something like Scalp, where I haven't even read it. I keep sitting down and trying. Um, yeah. That's how I feel about Vertigo. Um, so I've always well, wanted to read this. Scalp is Vertigo. It is. Okay. Yes. Um, always wanted to read it. They came out with a hardcover for it, and then a couple months later, that's when DC always releases their soft covers. Um, winner of the 2011 Eisner Award for Best New Series. I'm reading that off the cover. Um, American Vampire. You have the tale of uh, Skinner Sweet, a vampire in uh, Las Turn Vegas, 1918. I'm not. 1818. 1880. 1880. Yeah. Well, to start off with, but it's definitely a turn-of-the-century book, and yes. that's what this is. It's a new breed of vampire happens on the new continent during the new century. And ba- yeah, and basically you have um, the backup stories written by Stephen King take take place in the 1880s, and then f- like 40 years later in like the 1920s, you have uh, the Scott Snyder story going on. Where which follows Pearl. Which follows Pearl in, in Hollywood, in kind of the movie industry. And um, really, I, I really love this book. And I read the first, I read the, the first story, the Scott Snyder story, not getting to the Stephen King one, um, on Monday night. And then, like on Wednesday night, I sat down and read the whole book. And I, I couldn't put it down. Like I was just like enthralled in it. And just really, really, I really, really like this book. Mm-hmm. I like, I like the Western aspect with the vampires. I like the twenties kind of aspect, and I really like Skinner Sweet 
Yeah. Like, I like his character. Mm-hmm. And I even liked him when he was just the the gunslinger. Yeah. You know, the bad guy. When I was reading this book, I'm like, John, John's going to love this guy, sweet. <laughs> he loves villains. And this is a villain book. This is a book about a villain who's just doing whatever he can to survive. He's a bank robber during when he's a human, and then he's accidentally turned into this new vampire, this different breed. Uh, and I think that's a really interesting how they do that, how they set this up, that every bloodline, you know, it depends on where you're from, actually depends on what kind of vampire you become. Mm-hmm. You have these European vampires that have come over to this new world, and they've been living there for quite a while since the turn, uh, since the 1700s, and they've just been making money, making money, and you see them as bankers and industrialists, and they buy a bunch of land, and now they're in the movies. You know, wherever there's money to be made, that's where they that's are. That's where they are. That's what I actually really like about this book, too, is it shows the passage of time well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you're watching this story unfold over, like, 40, 50 years, because then you have... One of the characters who lived like through it wrote a book about what happened, and he goes around and does readings from his book and like question answer sessions. And it's basically like, well, no, this was written. It's it all happened though. Yeah. And it was like, eh, it's a monster story. He's like, no, like this this shit's real. Um, and those are the parts that are actually written by Stephen King, which I thought was really interesting because you have a writer telling a story about a writer telling a story. But that's um, what Stephen King does. And that's, that's if it isn't about an alcoholic, it's about a writer. Yes. And if it's not about an alcoholic writer, then it isn't a shiny. <laughs> and <laughs> you don't I, need to worry about it. And that's what I love about Sandman, also one of the best Vertigo books out there, is it's a story about stories, and I really enjoy just like those circles in the circle. Um, and, but you didn't like Final Crisis. No, I did like Final Crisis. Which was a story about the last story. I liked Final Crisis. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not the last story at all. I'm keeping those books. What's, what's really interesting about the book is this first trade is a split between um, Pearl and uh, Skinner Sweet's mm-hmm. stories. But after this book, you probably won't see Pearl for a while. Because it, it's going to be Skinner trying to take down this group of vampires. And everything he can to... Jam, you know, gum up the works for mm-hmm. them, and I really, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to if Chris doesn't have it of picking up volume two with it. Um, yeah, it's not out yet. Trust me, I have it coming as soon as it's available. <laughs> I can read it. I think that you'll actually get the trade of the World War Two story with Skinner Sweet before you get the second trade of this. Uh, strangely enough, because they did a Scott Snyder just finished up a miniseries of Skinner Sweet during World War Two. Oh. That's interesting. It'd be interesting too. Yeah, it's either World War Two or World War One. I always get my WWs. Well, up. if I mean, if this takes place in the twenties, thirties, so it would probably be World War One. Well, but they could be. It's it would a be World War Two because if this is during the twenties and thirties, by the thirties, yeah. World War One is already over. Yeah, nineteen nineteen. So we we would jump up, jump forward to World War Two. Not necessarily, though. Huh? You could, yeah. Yeah. That's what I just thought. If this is kind of the time frame it's in, it would he would stick it in there, so you wouldn't be like, "Oh, Skinner Sweet's getting around until the uh, the forties, you know? Because <laughs> I mean, this, with this kind of story, he could die at any time. <laughs> but, and, but that's the cool thing about the story, though, is he's a vampire. He doesn't have to. Like, yeah. 
I want to read the stories of Skinner Sweet just like all throughout time, much kind of like Hellboy, where you have him in different time periods yeah. and like tell a story about him wherever you are. I want to read about him in the 60s, right? In World War II, like tell me about like the 50s, you know. I hate the movie Forrest Gump, but I love Wait, the- what? Is it because Tom Hanks is in it? You hate Tom Hanks, <laughs> yeah, but anyways, but I love that notion of putting a character. In real historical events, and I love what they kind of do here. Uh, time market that I just finished those three beers that were in front of me. So, <laughs> time market, time market. Yeah, <laughs> let's well, go by market. time. Let's mark the time. Forty-eight minutes into the podcast, <laughs> a little before time that. Market. You know, I'm gonna go in and buy twelve o'clock. It's right next. It's right next to the eggs at the time market. Excuse me. Where's your PM section? <laughs> My initials. Anyways. Oh, don't your mention wife, your last name. mention your last name. I know, but my initials are fine. I just remember. Just remember to email Paul. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, no, uh, but I do wish we got a little bit, you know, Skinner Sweet's uh, character back in the Wild West. But this is not, this is kind of like what the book is about. It's that turn of the century. Everything's going to be new after 190. You know, it's going to, and this is a new breed of vampire. Though I really wish the story, it's a great book. But wouldn't it be fun to have a Wild West vampire book? It, it would be fun. Yeah. Um, I know. mean, we can still maybe get glimpses of that because, I mean, Skinner Sweet's been around and he, but he was, was buried. He was buried yeah. underground, you know. We might not have seen also buried in the, everything the that happened with mm-hmm. him, you know? Um, that's one of my, like, favorite things about this book is these other vampires, like, flood the town that he's in mm-hmm. to get rid of him. And he's, like, sealed, like, he's yeah. basically buried alive. And he's just sitting down there, like, after and all this time. drowned underwater for so many years until somebody tries to dig up his skull to make money off of the book that's been selling really well it's... <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like oh shit he's still here yep um and also i skinner sweet just as a bank robber yeah uh great stories because him on his escape from the train yeah is yeah. great you know because he's not he's not he's not an idiot he's a smart guy uh that's completely ruthless when and... i was reading it i'm like oh this guy's already a vampire because they're like oh don't worry the boss won't die he's too hard to die it's too badass. And I'm like, oh, so he's a vampire. We just don't know yet. They haven't just told the reader. And then, oh, no, he was just badass. Yeah, he was badass. <laughs> yeah. He's just badass a man and a badass vampire. And he's, yeah, and I, I can't say he's a villain. He's just willing to do whatever it takes to survive. He's, yeah, he's a bad guy, mm-hmm. but... He's that kind of anti-hero, much like yeah. you get like John Constantine. Yeah, because you do get that moment with Pearl where he's just like tired of them feeding off of young girls, and he saves Pearl, and, and that was an amazing her, moment. He even tells her not to go to the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know he's not he's not a bad guy, and he's oh well, you know, he is a bad guy. Yeah, but he's got he got he has some bit of a moral compass. Um, but really, I think his moral compass only it points towards points him. north. When it is against those vampires. <laughs> and just the whole idea of the old... It's a fight against the old world vampires, these hero vampires, that have the traditional rules. And when I have a super uh, supernatural book, 
I kind of need and I want hard fast rules for the world. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point if you can do anything? And they make that abundantly clear, clear that all those rules that you know for, for vampires apply to the European vampires, the old school vampires. Those are the ones we know. Wood stakes will kill them, you know, especially pine, which is weird. Yeah. That's written. Uh, uh, sunlight. Sunlight will hurt them. They can go out, but they have to, you know, find shade and wear sunscreen. They, they, like, they walk around with parasols. Yeah. Um, and then American vampires, the new breed, what's their weaknesses? Unknown, but we well, learn he, it throughout the yeah. book. And I think that was a great moment, so I don't want to give it away when she, Pearl, actually learns one of the weaknesses. And you, you can't talk about vampire stories in the current age without mentioning Twilight. And I feel like this is one of the best things to come out of that is people wanting to tell really good, badass vampire stories again. You mean actually good. Actual good <laughs> vampire stories. Um, well, that's like, I was talking to somebody at work. I was like, man, I just read this really great comic book called American Vampire. And they're like, oh, do they sparkle when they go out in the sun? I'm like, no, those are only that fucked up series. Yeah. Like, and I, I really hate, I really hate, what you know, Twilight has done. What, yeah, what it has done to, to like vampire books. Because I've always loved vampires. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always been that cool thing. You know, I don't know how many times I was Dracula for Halloween. Now, I don't want to go out as a vampire for, for Halloween. Yeah. I'm not going to show up at a party as a vampire. Because, yeah. you know, there's such there's shit. Disdain. Yeah. Yeah, there, well, there's a half of the people that want to think of Dracula as that guy, the alluring mysterious gentleman that you know seduces young women away from their husbands or fiancés and like lucy and what was it lucy was no who was Ma- uh oh god yeah um, well i feel so bad for blank lucy was the first one he bites and actually lucy turns and becomes yeah. a woman in white no, okay but you know i'm blanking out our name oh um I can't believe I can't remember. Yeah, this. I know. Uh, I can't either. It's a three-way. Uh, it starts with an M. Blank. Yeah, it begins with an M. Mina, Mina Murray. Let's not play it cool. We looked it up in pause. Yeah, we did. But you know, <laughs> stealing away, stealing her away from John uh, Harkins, and you know, you got that sexy galore vampire, and then there's the half of he turns into a wolf and bats and. He's a badass killing machine. He turns into mist. Yeah, he just. Goes through and kills. He just feeds on us because we're cattle. And you get the vampire that feeds on us because we're cattle throughout this book, especially from the Euro vampires. Yes. And uh, on the other side, you have an awesome Western story going on, especially with the other guy that gets turned into a vampire. Uh, spoilers here. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's the men who hunt down Skinner, Skinner, and then Skinner is going after them once he's turned into the vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, everything's really great. Um, I, I really like the art for this. Um, you know, it, it, it the art holds throughout the whole book. Um, cause I wouldn't want to see like between those two books, between those two storylines, a difference in the way Skinner looks yeah. because he's yeah. the, he's the person who holds throughout the whole thing and even the european vampires like i want them to all look the same i i really do enjoy the artwork in this book um rafael albuquerque the same artist who did the new blue beetle series not the dcnu one 
for the one written by uh, Keith Giffen. <clears throat> it, it's fantastic. Like he does have that kind of like I hate using the word cartoony to describe comic books, but that little bit more animated like style. But it fits, yeah, it fits. so well. And it also has. I mean, it's got those like those thick black lines around the character, mm-hmm. and it it fits with a dark motif at the same time. Yeah, I just think that the actual um, drawing of the characters and the look of the characters is kind of standard issue for comics. I do agree that there are uh, parts of action that are very good. The close-up on the teeth is scary, uh, but that's the use of color. And I think the use of color is really the story of the art, not so much the rendering of each character. Um I know, I, I, I really like it. I mean, mm-hmm. right right here in the page you're on, yeah. um, you're looking at Pearl as a vampire, and she's got, like, those long, like, talons, and she's, like, yeah, fingers, yeah. leaping from, like, a motorcycle to, like, onto a speeding car. Like, it looks awesome. Um, did you guys read the afterword from Scott Snyder? No. Um, basically, it's, um, Stephen King wrote the foreword to the book. Scott Snyder writes the afterword. Just about how he's had the idea for this story in his mind for years now. And, like, would jot stuff down here and there. And he remembers the day that he got the splash page from Raphael that had just when Skinner, like, breaks out of his coffin and is in, in, the, like, water. in the water there. And just, like, how when he saw that, he was like, yeah, that's Skinner. Like, it, he looks great. Yeah. And after reading that, I went back and looked at that page and I was like, Fuck yeah! I was like, he's an awesome artist. Um, I enjoyed his stuff on Blue Beetle. I only bought like three issues of that, but I I did take note of him from that. Like he just, I don't know, it works yeah. really well, and the coloring is great, and I feel like yeah. that is a big part of it. Yeah, the coloring does it sells the book. I, I, I think that's what really sets the mood of everything. But even on his own, like I'm sure, like the pencil work is just great for it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But, but, I mean, it even got, like, nice, like, washed-outness to it mm-hmm. underwater. Uh, yeah, I think I think everything everything about this book pulls it together and ties it extremely well. The writing between both writers, um, the art, the coloring, like, everything just fits. Um, I, I like the Stephen King stuff a little more than the Scott Snyder, just because you see more of... Um, of Skinner, you know, I, I really love that character. Mm-hmm. So to see his whole kind of rise and now in his and origin, his yeah. origin, and you're also getting Pearl's origin, which at the end of the book, not to give any spoilers, but I mean, it's going to go on, it's going to go on to just be um, Skinner again and maybe him creating another vampire to do some of his dirty work for him. I. Uh, I really enjoy Scott Snyder stuff. As soon as I like really started hearing about how good this book was, it was one of those situations like, man, I can't wait to pick up this trade and read it. And then I started reading his Batman stuff like Gates of Gotham, and I was like, this is really good. Like This mm-hmm. guy is a good writer on his own right. Yeah. So to read something that he's creating, it's always different from something like a, a licensed work like Batman. Yeah. Um, so to actually see like what they're capable of as a writer is great. And the fact that someone like Stephen King can see that and be like, yeah, I totally want to write, you know, backups for this. Like, let's, you know, let's work collaborate. Together. Like, show me what you've got. Okay, here's what I want to do. I think that shows what he feels 
Scott's capable as a writer. Yeah. And um, I th- if, I, if I walked into a comic book shop and somebody just said, hey, you should check this out, and I go, oh, what is it about? Uh, vampires in the Old West and in the 20s? And I go, oh, yeah, okay. And I'd flip through it and i go, all right, I'll, I'll buy this. Mm-hmm. Because it is. I mean, like... It's if, a good concept. It's a, it's a great concept, and it's... It's just, it's super enjoyable. It's a great read. I mean, I sat down and just re- basically read the whole thing in, in one night. I, I read this all when I went to do laundry one day. Like, I waited like a month and a half before doing laundry. So I went in with like six loads. So I seriously just sat there listening to my iPod. That's and something to gloat about. No, I, I have enough clothes that I can go a month and a half without having to do laundry. <laughs> um, I, I sat there, I, I read this whole trade, and I was like, wow, this is really great. Like, yeah, it is. I, I couldn't wait to just, like, keep going. Like, yeah. I hated having to stop to move stuff from the washers to the dryers. And what is great about this book, it's a very interesting story. And things kind of wrap up, you know, for Pearl really nicely. For Skimmer Sweet, you know, there's an end point. Oh, but what are you talking about? What's the end? Uh, <laughs> but, at, but it leaves you with a great last line that makes you want to pick up the second trade and unlike uh northlanders where i'm like you know what that was a great book i read it i don't need to go out and buy another one this one how they end it at a great com the the hook of comic books it's why as a comic book fan you're waiting month to month to read each next issue it's because they're able to leave each story with a clip, with a hook, and this has a great, great hook at the end there. Yeah, uh, it definitely does. And uh, we we've talked about this before about books to pass off to people to <laughs> get them to know what comic books are about. They're not just sorry. They're not just your, you know, yeah. men in tights. I would I would definitely pick this up to be able to pass it off to people to be like, you should check this out. Oh, you like vampires? You hate Twilight? I got a book for it. You like Buffy? Boom. You want an interesting take on things? Here you go. To go back to that topic, like, we did an entire show on that. Mm -hmm. And Vertigo books are always the books that I pass off to people because it is a different take on stuff. It's a darker look at things. Like, it's a comic book, but for the people that think comic books are all superheroes, Batman and Superman and Spider-Man, this is like, whoa, like... This is a this book that doesn't. Awesome. This doesn't talk down to it or your ship, unlike Justice League number one and two. <laughs> you know, it's the exact opposite. It's just fun, gritty. Not, but not over. It's not trying to be gritty. It just is. Yeah, yeah. It's not Frank Miller. Yeah, trying to be gritty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not calling you dicks or eating dicks while writing yeah. it. It's just good. It's a term of endearment. Yeah, um, no, um, I would have liked to have seen more with um, the character, I can't even think of his name now, the guy that hunts uh, Skinner Sweet. Oh, and I think we do, because I, I, I don't think, think so, too. I, yeah. I, I don't think his story is over either. I think that's where Skinner's so, going to at the end of the book. Like, And that's why I like it. I like it. It's the, uh, pink, they call him Pink, or Pinky, but his real name, I keep He's on from Pinkerton. Yeah. Something like that. Because yeah. he he's a sheer, he's kind of like the lawman. He works for the pink. Yeah, he's, like, he's a, a great character, especially like again, the pa- like the passage of time. Like you see him 
like getting older as time goes on. And he's like, Skinner Sweet. What? No, that was like, that was 30 years ago. I totally killed that guy. James Book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a fantastic story, and I'm glad comic books like this exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because it's such like breath of fresh air from like what's out there right now. Even com- this compared to something like I Vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the last vampire book that we actually really like, you know, read and talked about and liked. Um, yeah, they're both DC vampire books, but they're still so different. They're different, <laughs> and I would take American Vampire over I Vampire. Even I mean, we've only gotten one issue. Like, we got wait, two. We got two now. I haven't read the second one though. So. I've read the second. Um, but and it's the first issue, but from the other side, really. Mm. No, you get the big fight. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's um, okay. But I it, this this kind of story interests me. The other story is interesting. It's a good concept. But this is the story I'm more interested in write, reading about, mm-hmm. vampire wise. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you agree or disagree with us, definitely if you disagree, you guys should send us an email: contact at bagnumboardcast dot com. Leave a comment over on Facebook on our picture that we just posted about uh, this episode, number it's a pic- 102. It's a picture of the beers we're drinking, which we haven't even touched the creme brulee stout. Oh, we should open it up then, tier. right, real quick? Well, let me finish the uh, barley wine Well, first. we're ending the show! We can still sit around and drink. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we can open it and review it and end the show. They can just disagree with us on the that, or and then we can talk about the beer. And they can just... Well, hey, while I'm pat, uh, popping this open, Paul, we haven't talked to you about this yet, but um, next week, John had a great idea. Not next week, it's the week after, right? No, I thought you said the next week. No, because well, next, next week is the... Next week, week for the 16th. We're oh, looking for the yeah. week after the 23rd. Yes, two weeks from now. Which would be episode 104. Right. Which um, we're going to do... Oh my uh, God, this smells so good. We're going to do a... Like we did Captain America and Harry Potter, but with the Muppets. Really? Yes. Since the Muppets movie's coming you out. You guys are, hey, two to one vote. All Muppets three-way. All Muppets, All Muppets three-way. huh? I, Paul, I know you feel like people don't do enough with the Muppets, so, so we, we want to bring the focus. We, we yeah, I, I think we need to. For That'll be episode 104. That'll be 104. But next week, we'll need to uh, sip on this nice creme brulee stout and, and decide what we're talking about next week and by decide what we're talking about next week we always knew and here it is <laughs> and i don't remember where we left off after our pause but paul we gotta talk about this beer first <laughs> i love it we're looking at the southern tier creme brulee stout um this is one of my favorite beers it's very hard to come by um in fact, the only reason I saw it is because it was stashed behind another bottle, and I just happened to kind of move it out of the way, because I was thinking about buying that one. I was like, uh, no. And I was like, whoa, creme brulee. Um, Southern Tier, it, it's heaven in a glass for me. It really? is. It is an amazing smell. This it, this beer, it does, it's it's sweet. It, it tastes like a creme brulee. It smells absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, it's not a beer that I can drink a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good with a couple sips or a sample of it, just because it is kind of that dessert beer, really sweet. Um, but I have I have nothing bad to say about it. I mean, like it's it is a little bit of that syrupiness to it, but it's expected with a beer that's a dessert beer. I think. 
Here comes Paul with a hate. Here's hate, Paul hate, 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 hate. Uh, It's called creme brulee, but all I get is the brulee, meaning the burnt sugar. There's nothing creamy about this. It's all burnt. It's all caramel, and it nails that caramel taste. Yeah, it's a smooth, just like, delicious. Would you, just, would you be more satisfied if I, it was called a caramel porter? Yeah, if it was called caramel porter, it would nail it out of the park for me. It is, but I don't get any vanilla notes at all in it. I get a lot of I, yeah, so do I. I don't. I get all just that, like when he after you swallow it and it, all of that's left, it's just. It feels like I just had a burnt marshmallow in my mouth. I, I know we've had this like a few times. I think once on the show. But have you always felt that way about it? Like you don't mm-hmm. get that? Okay. I was thinking maybe just because we've had like a couple other beers before this that maybe it... Mm-hmm. I definitely get like a lot of that vanilla taste. I do. When I take a sip of this, I like I go, uh, creme brulee. You know, that's my thought of it. When was that, the last time you had creme brulee? Um, I don't know. Probably... It's yes. brewed with vanilla beans. It says it right on the label. I don't. It's I probably had very little. Been, it probably had to have been a year front, ago. But I made creme brulee for Kate's birthday, so that was last month. And man, I make a kick-ass creme brulee. Well, you're you're always more inclined to your own concoctions. Just yeah, like that's true. Just like your own. Uh, Eggnog. His eggnog is great. His eggnog is great. Are you? It will are you, fuck you up, but it's great. Are you bad mouthing my eggnog, oh, absolutely. sir? Because I will storm out of here and get a DWI. Paul, uh, we just listened to last year's when we drank. <laughs> I, I was listening to last year when we had your eggnog for it, and I listed it over the Squall IPA and uh, another Dogfish Head as our, the number one drink we had that night. We drank a lot that night too. We did. I don't remember what we drank. But I remember drinking a lot down in Garden Road Studios A. Uh, no, your your eggnog is great, but mm-hmm. whenever if you were to have another eggnog, you would go, Whoa, this eggnog is not very good. <laughs> no, no. You're already the strongest man in the world? Yes. Well, that's what my eggnog lies. <laughs> um, it does, you, you You're know, also the one who's finished it first. Yeah. yeah. I, I had the biggest glass, and I think I have the most. No, maybe John does. Like, but I also drink a lot. I mean, this Which is makes a, you drink quicker, as everyone knows. This is a yes, it does. It does. This is a beer that I mean, it needs to be slowly sipped. You don't drink it like in chugs. Oh, I'm sipping it and no. I'm savoring it. But then while I'm savoring it, I'm thinking about taking another sip. Yeah, and, like I mean, right now, because it it does. To me, you it's get a, that that caramel, you get vanilla, and then you get that smokiness. It is one of the best dessert beers. There is no other dessert beer that I could list above this. But, man, I just wish there was a little bit of more smoothness because I feel like the aftertaste is so harsh that you're left with only that burnt sensation of that caramel. I, I feel like the alcohol in it does take away from the smoothness. Yeah. But... I, I I can get over that. Just is. <laughs> um, but we had this last year at that beer dinner we went to with okay. Ed. Friend of the show, Ed. You guys have heard him. He's um, been on the show multiple times now. Um, they had this served with a cheesecake, and oh, it was fucking that would, amazing. That would be yeah. amazing if you're eating something with this, and it takes away from that burned aftertaste. Amazing. It, and we are drinking a lot more of this than you're supposed to. Um, they say right on here it's supposed to be served in a snifter like we had with the, the uh, barley wine. Yeah. And we had probably about like half a pint each. Like, 
And yeah. I have to say, drinking it this time, I like it more than I ever have before. We have been drinking a lot. Yes, we have. But I'm not... Some of us more than others. Yes. Namely Paul. Namely Paul. McGowan. <laughs> you didn't say what? your name. I'm allowed to. <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't live here anymore either. No. So, so but you, it's, you can no longer find it. I would me. definitely... I, I probably would... If you send him anything, we'll make sure he gets it, though. I probably wouldn't order this again, but if I was going to know I was going to be having like a dessert with somebody... I would order it, or I oh, would yeah. go. I'd go. You know what? I'm having I'm having Rebecca over for dessert. I'm gonna get a bottle of this to go with it. Yeah, um, this is definitely paired to be drank with something, though. And that's all I'm saying. See, Chris Chris orders pints of this all the time. I I, I love this beer. I mean, yeah, it's better with stuff, but on its own, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, man, I love it. I don't think I could do a whole pint without chewing on something. What does that oh, are you coming on to John? You were looking right at him when you said that. One. No. <laughs> I don't feel like, I don't like, like looking into the recording device. It's just okay. It's just I, I don't mind it. I like looking at somebody one up. Hey, that's okay. Either over thing. here or over here. Or over here. I just want to make sure I'm heard on the podcast. I'm, so I'm pretty always good, talking so. towards it. So, yeah. It's definitely a beer that I'd rather have while I'm while I ordered dessert, like cheesecake. That would be amazing. And I only brought the hate because you guys were loving it oh so much. My, I mean, I still love it. It's still a great beer. My my review, mm -hmm. I, I've ended with me is like I can't drink yeah. a lot of it. I have mm -hmm. to just take a little bit. And like when Chris was pouring it, I said no no no. I went less than that. And I agree with you, sir. But it's I mean it's still it's still it very it's, it's very sweet. It's a great dessert beer. Mm -hmm. My thoughts, you know, I'm a huge fan of this beer. Like, huge. I bought this, and not I was only like, in Japan. I was like, man, I'm going to share this with everyone, but I don't want to. Like, I probably would sit here and kill this bottle by myself. You would, if somebody were to try to take it away, you would look like a gremlin. <laughs> 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 I put this up on our Facebook. We paused for a while to talk about what we're doing next show. Oh, thank you. Behind the scenes. Thank yeah, you. I'm fucking calling you out, Paul. Thank you. Um, There's Paul... a reason why I do this when it's not recording. And yeah, you go ahead yeah, and just make care. it public. I don't care. I don't care. It was hysterical. It was hysterical. Paul, you two? Paul growled at me. <laughs> Like, There's a reason I do it for the audience like, that I have in front of me. Literally, and growl. He's, and this is why John made that gremlin comment, because he sounded like a gremlin. He's like, John didn't make the gremlin comment. Oh. I just did. I was on my it's phone. It's an inside joke for us. I was, I'm sorry, I was on my phone. I know someone was I'm there. leaving. Paul's going Paul, to go to the bathroom. Um, he growled at me. <laughs> He he's and it wasn't just like a her, it was like a And then I tried to take his beer away from him and he protected it like a mother protects its child and I was like, Whoa, Paul's had too much. It was utterly bizarre. But utterly hysterical. Oh, it was so great. Um something fun. Bang Nordcast. Another thing that's very fun is what our topic is gonna be next week. You missed this because... You definitely missed out on this. Uh, on episode 101, we recorded half, more than half the show. <laughs> we, which what? we talked about after we realized we weren't recording. Which, 
turned out we weren't recording it, and we called that we called this out that we are going to be creating our holiday uh, special again this year. But what we're going to we do, dropped the ball last year. We're we sorry. It was, we had grand plans. Yeah, we were. Somebody had a baby, and we were waiting to. It, the, there was craziness, and then yeah. we just felt it was too late to record it. Um, but this year we're going to bring you because we. Because this it's blocking me. Yeah, you put your glass down right in front of the microphone in front of John. Are you saying I drank too much? No, I'm saying you just wanted to cut John out of the podcast (laughs) because he drank too much. I like I drank too much when I start stealing other people's drinks. No! Are you not finishing this, John? No, I just moved it so it wasn't in the way. I know. That was a joke. You don't need to drink anymore. (laughs) I'm going to make you a pizza later. You have pizza? I do. Ooh. Mm, you can have it. Yeah, but Aww. you've had it quite all right to drink. This guy <laughs> well, has to drive home. I could walk home. Just leave the car in the driveway. Yeah, don't Maybe do that. Did you park behind Scott? Yeah. You can't leave your car there. <laughs> you've seen the diagrams he's made. <laughs> yes. You as can't long, park there. As long as I'm off before Sam needs to leave, I'm okay. <laughs> Sam's not going anywhere. Uh, then as long Sam's as Scott. Sam's a home mom. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, sidebars. Sidebar. Oh. Boom. Uh, Where's my microphone? Our episode. Our episode next week. Our main topic. <laughs> oh no! Mike's fruit punch. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> Paul's drinking it. <laughs> How is it, Paul? We haven't tried this yet. This was a fresh buy for the Bagging Podcast. He spit it out. Paul just spit it out. I have to drink that now. I know. So, not good? Oh! Thanks for not throwing up in the can, Paul, because I want this. I'm going to drink my mic. I have tears running down my face. from the bathroom. I was laughing too hard. Which John then retched again. Oh. Welcome to the Bang Boardcast, where Chris is the soberest <laughs> one here. I'm totally sober. I don't think you are. You're crying. You're a sad drunk. So my, one of my best friends just threw up in front of me into his arm. I'm <laughs> 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 Well, I'm not cleaning that up. Not, he, he cleaned up my puke for me. Well, I did. That's only because it was in your car. It was in my car. Oh, it was all over the place. It was. I felt really bad. You shouldn't. It happens. Just like Paul. You shouldn't feel bad. I don't feel bad. 
I think he's fixing his hair in there, though. He's, been, he's wearing a hat. Why would he do that? I don't know. I'm not fixing my hair. I'm just trying to clean up. <laughs> I took off my shirt. Because it was full of vomit. <laughs> Paul's walking around shirtless. <laughs> I'm on it. Paul, I'll give you another shirt to wear, buddy. Do you want a t-shirt, bud? Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to pause this. I can't. <laughs> so what happened was, I was laughing so hard that I actually, like, snorted. And then a bunch of mucus from my nose traveled into my mouth, at which point it made me vomit. Because, and I just couldn't take a breath in. So what, when I breathed out again, came out was just everything. And it was kind of gross. And I'm so how is the Mike's hard punch? <laughs> it's actually very fruity. <laughs> it tastes exactly like red tilt. Let me oh. get another taste. Pop. Uh, Alright, you can take a taste. I'm taking a taste. I don't want this to happen again because now you're wearing one of my t-shirts. <laughs> Chris, it won't happen again. Okay, he swallowed. See? John, would you like to try the... It was a freak accident, a I, one in one hundred chance of occurring. Okay. I'll Here, take what? That <laughs> <laughs> was funny. Um, okay, here's here's the deal, everybody. We've been looking for tilt for the past couple weeks. You cannot find it. John and I are sure it's because of the bagging board cast. It's gotten the bagging board bump, where basically people are running out and buying tilt in mass. Pupil? Yes. <laughs> what are pupil? Um... So, basically, I found this. Um, it's Mike's Hard Fruit Punch. Mike's Harder Fruit Punch. Um, oh. This is the red flavor. Mm-hmm. I had the citrus one the other day. Which it was, was good. It was like major vodka and tang. Yes. It was delicious. Um, this is just the fruit one. John, do you have a Wait, glass? I can major vodka I'm, and... I, I, major vodka and tang. That's what astronauts drink when they want to get... <laughs> oh, oh. They want to tear the hinges off the space shuttle. Commander Tom, are you okay to drive? Nope. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure I'm good because I just threw up a whole bunch. <laughs> I just lit the fuse. Wow, that's dark. It's dark. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we should have we should have drank this when we were reviewing American Vampire because it looks like blood. It does okay, let's do it all again. No, Paul, you're done. Paul, we you did, can't have any more. Paul, you're cut off. We did that last week though. We were we just started all again. If you're going to be hanging out, Paul, I'll give you a little bit more. No. Okay. Um, so far, I think Paul's a big fan of the Mike's Hard no, Punch. No, it, This not. is really good because it's super fruity, and it doesn't have any of that alcohol burn. Like, it does, mm-hmm. compared to the orange, there's not that crazy alcohol burn. It's yeah, all that syrup, though. The orange one, like, as soon as you started to take a drink of it, like, you just got that, like, the alcohol fumes off of it, and it lingered. Yeah. This is, like, cool. This is smooth. This reminds me of, like, those little red hugs, almost. Yeah. I mean, like, you don't even get like, the alcohol in it. Like, it's sweet, it's syrupy, mm-hmm. you don't even know you're drinking something that's got alcohol in it. 8% alcohol. Um, no, you kind of do. This one, you get a little bit, but mm-hmm. not as much as, like, the other ones. Um, John, like, a week and a half ago, you bought the Colt 45 Blast. Which was strawberry lemonade. It was pretty good. It was really good. And that was 12, it was the same size can, but 12%. Wow. All I know is Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drink until you're 21. Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah, but this actually... I would so- serve this to kids. <laughs> if they're they if I didn't know any better, I mean. They wouldn't know. I'm just saying. They'd probably be really silly. We, it'd be fun to videotape them. 
It's a really sad story, but that actually happened at a major league baseball game where a guy went to the stance and bought a lemonade, not knowing it was Mike's Hard Lemonades, gave it to his kid, he drank it. The cops, people in the stand saw that kid got torn out of the frame. <laughs> no. Uh, the police came, arrested the dad. The kid blew like he was not drunk at all, didn't have anything in the system. Because he's a shit. The dad still had to spend like time like going to rehab and couldn't uh, actually, he was released, but he couldn't go to his house with the kid, and now he's like. That's insane. Yeah. Penal system in the United States is crazy. But. It's an honest mistake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he bought a lemonade. He, he probably lemonade. went up and just like said, yeah, give me a lemonade. Give me a lemonade. Mm-hmm. The person working the counter thought, like, oh, yeah, he wants, you know, nice. hard lemonade, and the guy doesn't even notice it's a hard lemonade. He just gives it to his kid, and that he goes to the baseball game, and, <clears throat> yeah, that kind of stuff happens, and, uh, so, Chris, what I'm really saying here is don't serve it to kids. Uh, I won't. Because he we will be bring, brought up on charges. We don't even know any kids. We really don't. You know, we, we are right down the street from the school, though. <laughs> yes, Two of them. You can piece it together, people. You can piece it together. <laughs> Google Maps. Um, Hell of a device. <laughs> um, did we say what we're doing for the next episode? I was never able to get it out. I really don't know. A lot happened over the I was able to get on. a lot of stuff Hold out. Hold that a lot out. <laughs> what we're doing is you... Alright, refresh. This is, what, this is what you missed last week. And then we're going to finish up, and Paul's not going to throw up, right? Don't worry. Nobody's going to hear this on this podcast. <laughs> oh, no, Paul, you have to leave it. it you guys so... aren't going to listen to this. I'm, I'm going to listen to it now. I'm going to, because I want uh-huh. to hear it all again. Sure. Um, what you missed last week, because we did We spent an hour on the actual episode, half hour on all of this, by the way. This is great. This was amazing. It needs to be there for the fans. Fan. <laughs> uh, what you missed is Chris came up with the idea for Christmas special uh, is us making a, a movie, quote unquote, out of a board game, much like Battleship, because we talked about how... Or Clue. Or Clue. Well, we Clue was good. Clue was good. Battleship looks horrible. Yes. So what we're going to do is next week we're all bringing our pitch ideas and we're going to vote on it as well as you, the listener... To vote on it, and we're gonna decide which one we're gonna do. And you're not gonna know until our Christmas special. Yes. Where we actually have a full fleshed out script, script. and we will act it out. I can't. I, I loved when we did our He-Man Christmas special. It was fantastic. I, like I still can go back and listen to that because it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Orca was an amazing voice. I don't know who did Orca. <laughs> It could have been any of Christmas us. tree. Christmas tree. Well, Larko's here. Oh, what's a Christmas? Tree? Hey, what's been going on in Eternia, buddy? Not much. <laughs> a lot of puke. <laughs> People are puking everywhere. <laughs> the Christmas special went so well in rehearsals. We should not have been drinking <laughs> no, about rehearsal. Was, <laughs> there was a rehearsal before the actual show. Uh, well, anyways. It was so much fun. So that's our plan, is we're going to come to our, come with our pitch ideas, and then uh, between us and your votes, we are going to decide which one it's going to be. And it'll so, 
be a surprise on the show. Send us an email, contact at baggingboardcast.com, or make sure you make a note over on our Facebook. Just like us, we're bagging board. Um, let us know which picture you like, because we are voting amongst ourselves, but we will take yours into account as well. Yours will probably weigh more than ours, yeah. right? Yes, exactly. Yes, yours, your votes count as two, where ours only count as one. Wait, where does Aaron fit on this? He's been on the show. He, he one gets three. Or two. He gets three? He gets three. Aaron no. gets three. I, Chris said it, and it's his show. Uh, it is Chris's we show. We didn't drink that Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even hear what you just said. He All said, right. we didn't drink that Trappist. John has a Trappist ale he's been saving up on top of the refrigerator for the show. Well, apparently we need to rate and review that. We'll be right back. No, 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 no. Paul does not need to drink any more. We'll save that for the next show. I could drink some more. Oh, okay. Let's get it. <laughs> what? What? Oh, no! No! <laughs> I, oh. But if you guys want, we totally could. No. It's a two-hour episode, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another Bag to Guest original. We've had two-hour episodes before. Only three times. Only three times. This That's would be more, the third. That's more than enough. Hey, people at work loved listening to this shit because they. Oh, they're gonna love day. hearing you threw up. <laughs> <laughs> they will never hear this. Paul, oh, they need to. That was hysterical. You can't cut that out. You really can't. You need to be in the room for to find that funny. Because no, no, I'm pretty sure I'm telling everyone that's ever downloaded an episode before, like you gotta listen to this one and not tell them why. And then you're like, what? I don't get it. I thought you were wrapping up the show, John. We are trying to. We're I trying think. To. Hey guys, check us out on Facebook and email us at Bagged and Board. Check out other shit that we do. You've heard it before. YouTube channel. With all those 52 YouTube videos. and Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. iTunes, we're fucking all over the place. We are the internet. And get ready for next week with our preparation for our holiday spectacular. Get ready to vote. And then the Muppet Show the week after that. Oh, Muppet talked, Show is going to be Because so we great. talked about that, too. Mm-hmm. We did. So, hey. And then we got our <laughs> November look back. And then our November... Wait, wait. Are we, in the month. are we planned three months, like, out? No, we're planned, like, a month and a half. We're planned one month okay. ahead. Okay. We are just... One... I meant three weeks. Yeah. I've had a lot to drink. Well, maybe you should just stop drinking this Judgy McJudger pants. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> 